0: This podcast is brought to you by KT, the organic cold brew iced tea, which you can find in select UK retail stores and their website kt.co.uk, spelt k-a-y-t-e-a.co.uk. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Crowncast, where we interview capital allocators who talk about their why and a little bit more about how they go about placing capital. Today, I'm excited in the studios. We have Katharina with us. Hi, Katharina.
1: Hi, really excited to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us and uh, really, really delighted you could make it to the virtual studios today. Before we jump right in, are you happy to share a little about your background to share more with our audience and let them know who you are?
1: Yeah. So um, a bit about me. So I currently, I wear a few hats currently. So I work full-time at Roche as a health economist um, in a department called market access. Um, And also in my free time, I angel invest. So I invest in startups, founders, and um, I started with healthcare um, and then I decided to branch out. So yeah, those are the main things I do in my free time.
0: Wow. That's uh, a few quite separate hats, you know, working the full-time gig and then doing the angel investing and supporting companies. And and what inspired you to actually do this? Why did you decide to start investing or, or backing? early stage companies.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's the the it's still something I try to figure out. Actually, so after I graduated, um, I just started my first job. Um and that was I think around January 2020. And then as we all know what happened a few months after that, um, the pandemic, um, started to work virtually just had a lot of free time on on my hands. And you know I really even though I just started my professional career, I you know it gave me a lot of time to think about what do I want to do as a job as a career where do I want to go and I'm not just talking you know financially I'm not just talking professionally but I want to find a job I want to find something that aligns with my values and where I have the opportunity to work with interesting people every single day um, and then I was just going through YouTube scrolling through Twitter and then kind of fell into you know this whole world of venture capital angel investing startups like you no know, these founders that just you know put everything on the line to create something that, you know a lot of people are going to tell you it's not going to work but they still go for it and in a lot of these situations, something truly magical comes out of it. Um, and then from there, really just, you know, started reading more about it, started connecting with people, started attending events and, you know, slowly, slowly, like, you know, realized and was actually super motivated that this is something I want to do. This is something I want to be part of, but how can I do it? So I was like, mm, the founder journey, not quite ready for that or, you know, if ever. And then I was like, wait, so let me put on the investor hats and, um, you know, angel investing using your own capital. Um, that seemed the most plausible, yeah, the most plausible decision. And that's how I kind of fell into it.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense. And in terms of that journey coming out and then obviously the macroeconomic situation playing out as it did, and then, you know, debating between setting up your own venture versus investing. And I guess for you, have you found the journey of angel investing um, uh, uh, informative or, or what things surprised you about angel investing that you didn't know about before you jumped in?
1: I think it's really, you know, when you start angel investing, right? You start, especially when you start with your research, you know, you see all these articles around, you know, who, you know, you, you start reading about the most famous angel investors out there who, you know, put these big checks in, you know, Peter Thiel onto Facebook, uh, Paul Graham at Y Combinator, one of the most successful ones out there. Um, and then, you know, initially I was a bit discouraged because I was like, okay, first of all, I need to, you know, have a really successful big career. So I have that, you know, kind of capital to play around with. So I was, not that I was discouraged, but I was like, okay, I need to wait. For a really, really long time to be in that position where I can angel invest. Um, But then I actually found uh, the angel investing school where they literally flipped that whole idea of what a traditional angel investor is. So, you know. It basically teaches you that, you know, even with small check, like, you know, I've just started my career, have been working in the pharma industry for three years. I thought I would have to know everything uh, and everything that, you know, has to do with life sciences, pharma until I can advise a founder. But even three years into my career, now that, you know, I'm actually walking the walk, you know, talking to founders, there's actually so much I can do and share. So I really, I think the one thing, the one thing I would say to people are considering um, angel investing is just forget what an angel investor should look like or, you know, what what you know you need to be super prepared you need to have a lot of money to be an angel investor i personally have found that's not the case i've really found a group of people in a community that you know also maybe have a little less capital than you traditionally would think an angel investor needs um and you know it's um everything you think it is it's really not if you're somebody who has drive ambition and just loves the tech ecosystem and then everything that comes with it um it's definitely it's definitely the place for you that's what i would say That's a very
0: convincing, passionate appeal for more people to engage in angel investing. And I agree. Um, We need more angel investors that come from a wide range of backgrounds, especially because, as you've said, everyone has some valid corporate or personal experiences that can be brought to the table to add that extra value to companies they are investing in. So, so thank you for that. And the other question I have around you've kind of touched on it, but it's around the the networks that you um are part of to find deals and to place capital into companies. And that was a great plug, by the way, for Andy Ayim's Angel <laughs> Investing School. I know he's done a tremendous amount of work supporting quite a few people in their journey to becoming an angel investor. But now post graduation, what communities do you belong to and how how do you find deals that you want to place capital in?
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So even after I graduated, you know, the angel investing school, even though it equipped me with everything I I need, um, you know, you have those, you know, mental barriers sometimes like, oh, can I still do it? Like, you know, it, it was it took me a bit of time to do my first deal. And I think what I did after the angel investing school, I instead of like deploying whatever money I have immediately into the first five deals I see, I was like, look, there's always, you know, FOMO is probably the biggest downfall to angel investing and venture capitalists. Um, so I was like, look, let me just sit down. Let me observe. Let me listen. And let me just speak and connect with people, right? So through the Angel Investing School, you actually get plugged in into a few networks. So you have Alma Angels, you have Hermesa. And then with time, you know, you meet one person and that person connects you to 10 people. And then those 10 people connect you to 10, right? And then you have that pyramid of um amazing people. And, you know, everybody's so different, so unique. But you can just see, you know, they have so much added value, whether it's life experience, corporate experience, experience you know you know not just you no know, angel investing if you want to make money um and have a healthy return angel investing might not be the right thing for someone because it's so much more than that right like capital is a bit of a commodity i'd say um but just to get back to your question around you know different networks and finding deals there's actually so there's so many networks out there it are super friendly you know let's say for example um you you know so through ais you can meet people um and join different networks but also there's the traditional ways right you go on eventbrite there's a lot of free events you know about sustainable i think there was a sustainable climate tech event recently you know just go there speak to people you get pl- plugged in, into that community or you can um, you know if you're at university i'm sure there's different um, you know societies or networks you can join but the most important thing in this business is to talk to people um and really you know don't 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 think i have nothing to offer and these people have been 5 years 10 years in the game and you know you you know why why would they want to speak to me that's really not the case um, people in that community in you know in the angel investing community it doesn't matter which network are super super friendly um and in terms of deals just to answer that question i found my deals through a variety of different ways the first startup i actually invested in found them on instagram loved them you know reached out to them worst worst thing they're gonna say is no and they were actually looking to raise so i invested in them um and then just actually i yeah, got a few deals through different communities there's you know the amazing thing is you know i identify as a woman there's a lot of now um women networks that you can join who want to bring more people who look like me um uh you know and you know support them and to become angel investing so you'll get a lot of deals through definitely those networks and they're super you know and the whole point is to make it more accessible so it's not difficult to join but you need to take that initiative and you need to get out of your head and be like i can do this i deserve this i need to be here because i have something valuable to share and then you know trust me from there you meet people and then kind of that network expands so but you gotta take that first step and you can have the best education but you got to go and do it. That's the most important thing.
0: I love that. You you slid into the DMs to get your first (laughs) angel check.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Are you happy to share a little bit more about that? And I agree with everything else you've said around the power of networks and and the risk associated with angel investing. Um, so short term, obviously, there's um low likelihood of getting a return because the liquidation events are, are few and far between. It's when a round is raised, right? Um, but it could be a significant wealth creation event. But at the same time, you can't put all your eggs in one basket because it's a re- really high risk uh venture. But I'm curious about the one that you you participated in, by, by uh, IG, um, How is that coming along?
1: Um, it's going really well. So it's this company called Unplugged. Um, they actually were the top 20 finalists of the founder of BrewDog. Um, I think his name is James Watt. Um, I might have confused the name. And it's these two guys. And you know when you angel invest, because I invest pre-seed and seed. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it's just very, very early on, um, which means that the check sizes are smaller, um, which helps <laughs> for sure. And um, and um, with these founders, like I just really love their concept because I it, it did you know there was a few deals before that I was really keen on investing and then I backed out right again my you know k- kind of those mental barriers that you have I was like look I really like what they're doing I've been following them for a while actually for over a year um and then I was like you know let me just go and and speak to them. Um, because, uh, you know, and uh, we managed them to set up a call because to be honest, I also messaged them because I didn't think they were going to say they're raising, right? So I was like, oh, they're going to say no, you know, um, but then when I sat down with them and, you know, when you do so, when you, when you decide, before you decide to invest, it's really, really important to do your due diligence, right? And, you know, there's, there's certain due diligence questions that all investors, you know, agree on and everybody asks those questions, but also from my side, the kind of angel investor I am, I ask questions that has to do with the person, what drives the the person, why did you decide you know to give everything up and go you know start this um you know this startup um even though you could be you know stay at your high paying job or you know do do something else which is low stress and low risk and it's just you know speaking to them like first of all really loved what they were doing you know as a as a customer is this something I want is this something I need could I see myself using this product um and I definitely you know just where I was in my life quite stressed and tired and just need a bit of a break the, the question the answers to that question was yes. Um, um, and the other thing is when you meet the founders, you know, they they were previous founders um, before. Um, they created that startup out of a need that um, they were facing, um, you know, without divulging too much. Um, you know, uh, they need to be comfortable sharing their story. And it's just like, as much as, you know, we're talking about financials and all of these things and market trends and product market fit, which are, you know, the classic questions you ask. It's also really about the person because, you know, one question that a lot of VCs or angel investors love to ask is where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know, that question is, as valuable as you know anything like it does for me that question doesn't mean anything because in 10 years you know we see how everything is changing so quickly whether it's ai web3 you know now covid a few years ago right nobody could have predicted that and everybody had to adapt so you know there's certain things that it really just comes down to the founder whether they can manage you know because of their personality will they managed to overcome those hurdles um and so it was a mix of do i love it um it was a mix of the conversations and you know the traditional questions you ask when you do your due diligence process and the last question and by no means the least important one um i would even sometimes argue it's more important than ever um is who is the team who are the founders? What do they believe in? And I just really connected with, you know, their, 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 um you know, their philosophy, their values and their mentality. And and I think that's really, really important when you bet on people at the end of the day, because that's what a startup is, you know, a group of people getting together and doing something magical.
0: So just, just a very short list of questions and criteria you had. <laughs> it sounds like you went through a thorough due diligence. I love that. And it's true. You have to be comfortable because it's down to the, the, the person or the, the people in the team. I agree and and the final question I have for you Katharina um, in terms of advice and you did touch on gender focused investing and mm-hmm. um, as an investor yes we know that there are not enough women that do participate as investors there's so many structural barriers and, and reasons why that is the case today and lots of amazing people working to change that like yourself but on the other side of the table um we know not many um females are closing rounds, and again structural issues etc and bias etc what's your advice for any woman that's out there trying to raise capital so any female or non-binary individuals that are trying to raise money what would you say to them to 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 think about or to put in front of them as they begin that journey
1: yeah i I recognize I recognize fully that it's definitely harder for certain groups of people to raise. So and also I think I want to be very clear that even though you know I'm I'm a woman I'm not a founder trying to raise money. So giving advice right now is always easier said than done. But maybe one advice that I could give is that when you decide to raise um I would recommend you really do your research on on the VC that you're going to Um, because, you know, different VCs, like, you know, it starts with small things like you're a healthcare company and you send your pitch deck to a company that doesn't invest in healthcare, right? Like I, that, of course, you know, that should be the basic requirement. But I mean, what I mean by, you know, check out the VC and do your research on the VC is, you know, who are the people um that are, you know, the GPs at this fund, you know, do they have a mandate to invest a certain percentage into women-led um led startups? Um, Do they, you know, are there any particular, yeah, requirements that, um um, that um, you know they they try to fulfill in order to invest more in, in into female led startups. So I think what I would say is really do your research on the VCs. There's also websites such as I believe it's called Landscape VC. Uh, when you um, you know if you if you want to raise um, you know check check them out and really do your research on uh, what you know on on who could potentially be a uh, a good VC that could join your your um, you know your cap table. What I would say in terms of angel investing, I don't know if you know you know, kind of the question was more on VC or on angel investing, but, um, you know, on um, angel investing, I would say that what's amazing right now is that, okay, maybe it's not, I think we're at a breaking point where right now we're still a lot of, you know, women VCs, um, angel investors, um, a lot of them, we're still right now, I think, grinding, 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 and the seeds are being planted. So it's still going to take a bit of time for these, um, you know, trees or plants to grow. Um, but what I would say is also, again, look at this so... So many incredible angel um, investor networks or syndicates out there um, that that support you know founders who you know co-founders or you know where at least one of the founders is female and you know really wanna wanna pay it forward not just with mentorship because I also believe that you know women and different you know other groups as well if people are being over mentored by at the end of the day you need the money to kind of you know invest in your product and you know move things forward so I would really say it's you know it shouldn't be the case but really do your research and try to find those networks and those, um, you know, whether it's angels or VC networks and, and um, yeah, connect with them. And also the other thing I would do is like, even if that person doesn't invest, you know, it's always a great question to ask who should be someone else I, I should or can talk to um, because, you know, the VC angel investing uh, ecosystem is quite small. Um, so in that sense, in what I mean by small is that everybody knows each other. Um, and um, and there's, it's amazing as much as sometimes you face, you know, as a founder, you face barriers. There's also, trust me, there's also a lot of incredible people out there that want to help with funds, with mentoring, whatever it is. Um, so I would just say don't give up. And there's really some incredible people out there who have a vast network who are really out there changing um, that, you know, more funds are being allocated to founders that don't fit the traditional mode that we see and you know you know see you know in in uh, you know in a more (laughs) in the more usual situation but um, yeah you have to unfortunately work a bit harder but I would say please don't get discouraged um, because um, because one day you'll be paving the way for someone else right and representation I believe is really really important Um, and uh, you know you set out on this journey for a reason so so don't give up because of that that's what I would say.
0: Don't give up. You had it here from Katharina. Thank you so much for that. And uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of Crowncast. And to all our listeners, thank you. Please like, subscribe, share and comment below. We'll include Katharina's socials in the link below. So do follow up with Katharina if you'd like to get in touch. Until the next time, take care. Bye.
1: Thank you. Bye.